All right, the 2023 MLB season has come to a conclusion, so let's hit it for our final edition of the podcast of the MLB 2023 season. Hello and welcome to the final before the off-season edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It's Dylan, James, Nico, and David, and we are here to congratulate the Texas Rangers are winning their first World Series championship in franchise history. Hashtag James was right that the Diamondbacks are not a good baseball team getting swept out of Arizona here in the World Series in games three through five. So we will recap the 2023 season, put a bow on everything, and then Starting tomorrow, we'll be getting our off-season coverage. But, James, the floor is yours because technically you've been incorrect the last three nights when it comes to your prediction, but I think you're still feeling good about yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm so sad uh, the Diamondbacks lost. Um, I really, really wanted them to win this series. Um, no, I mean, just like I said all year, this team's garbage. Uh, the pitching finally caught up to them. Uh, they can't hit. Um, they had runners in scoring position all night. Couldn't even push a single run across. Uh, this team's an absolute joke. They're absolute garbage. And, uh, you know, James is right. That's all I have to say. Well, we love to see that James is right. Nico, the floor is yours because I think you're a big D-back supporter. I mean, I just – I'm a big D-back supporter because I just think that saying that a team lost the World Series, yeah, they got the 4-1, but they suck, like – like, what are we doing here? I mean, the D-backs had a great season. I think they were a very loved team just because of their youth. I think every single team loves youth. Every single fan loves youth. That's why they like the D-backs. That's why they like the Orioles, except James didn't like the D-backs at all. But again, it's a great season for the D-backs. A lot to build from. You have Gallon. I know he didn't show up a lot in the playoffs, but he pitched in, He pitched now. He pitched phenomenal. You're going to have him as an ace for the future. You have Corbin Carroll who's going to lead this team for a while. Cattell's going to lead this team for a while. The D-backs are in a very good spot, even though they just lost it 4-1. I'm unfortunately going to push back on that. As much as I think Carroll and Gallon are really good and Merrill Kelly proved to be a solid two, the problem I see, and maybe this is just because you hate to see yourself and other people, I see 2015 Mets in this team and that it's a very magical run in a very tightly compacted NL. And all of a sudden, the Diamondbacks just had everything working in their direction in their favor. They beat the Dodgers. I think we can all agree the Dodgers are a better team. They beat the Phillies, and I think we can all agree that the Phillies are a better postseason team than the Diamondbacks. They just got hot at the very right moment. And unfortunately, I just don't see the Diamondbacks as the type of team that are about to turn into the Astros or the Dodgers or the Braves, and that every single year they're just expecting them to be in the playoffs. I see a world where next year the Padres are better. I see a world where the Giants with Bob Melvin are better than the Diamondbacks. And that's nothing against what they did this year. This team was really good and scrappy when it mattered the most. Unfortunately, we still just have to remember this is an 84-win baseball team that scrapped their way into the playoffs. Yeah, but I could see a Yeah, you can see those worlds, but I can also see a world where Corbin Carroll leads the first-place Diamondbacks and is the MVP next year. Like, is me saying Corbin Carroll wins MVP next year just because the fact that it's very early and there's so many guys who could win it? Me saying Corbin Carroll could win MVP next year is not that hot of a take. 
It's not, but it's also at the same time, I don't see a small market Diamondbacks team saying, oh, this team was so close. Let's go get Cody Ballinger. That's the problem. They're and out. I think this team is about to stay. This is the team they have yeah. maybe with They're marginal angry. increases. They're going to lose Fam. They're going to lose Longoria. They're going to lose their veterans. So maybe they piecemeal a guy like Andrew McCutcheon or something like that but they're not going to get Yamamoto or Aaron Nola. And the problem is that team in LA that lost earlier in the playoffs, I think pretty foregone conclusion. One of the names of Snell, Otani, Yamamoto, Nola is going to be in that rotation next year. And I wouldn't be stunned if they pull off like a Burns trade or something like that. (laughs) But again, like, and this goes back to like what we're saying. I know they lost in like the second, their first series, but this goes back to what we've talked about with the Orioles. Why were the Orioles so good? Because they sucked. And then every single prospect that they developed hit. So the big question on where, if this team has an actual future is on Jordan Lawler or Drew Jones. I understand okay. Drew Jones is for a while, but Corbin Carroll's young. Zach Gallen, I think they're going to lock. I would don't see a world where Zach Gallen doesn't get locked up. Not this year, but he's going to get locked up eventually. I don't see if they can develop, if Jordan Lawler can become a very good short, a good shortstop and, um, Drew Jones is able to pan out again. I still see the world where they're good, where they're good for a, a good amount of time because I think Cor- Corbin Carroll's ceiling is MVP. I think when you have a guy whose ceiling is MVP, if you're not the Angels, <laughs> you have a chance of winning the World Series. I like it, but we're being very negative on this episode so far. So let's go over to the winning side, and that is that Bruce Bochy came out of retirement, was convinced by Chris Young that hey, we've got a team that is on the rise and just signed former World Series MVP Corey Seager and the most expensive shortstop or second baseman in baseball, Marcus Semien. They got Bruce Bochy to come out. And then they signed the most lucrative starting pitcher contract in baseball history and Jacob deGrom at $40 million. And then he got hurt. And then they went out and made the biggest trade deadline acquisition of the year in Max Scherzer. And he got hurt too. And they still managed to win the World Series. So props to the Texas Rangers. I think there's that phrase, fish rots from the head down. Bruce Bochy is the exact opposite of that. And then he is the lead manager. We're going to have this argument in a second, potentially the best manager in baseball history. And he set the culture this year with the pieces Chris Young put in place. And this was a golden Texas Rangers team that I think could be back next year because imagine rotation next year that how good this team was with Ivaldi and Montgomery's a free agent, but maybe they extend him and sign him. Oh, and by the way, Jacob deGrom is supposed to be back in September next year. James, your thoughts. Yeah, I think this Rangers team has a ton of promise. Um, they're really young. They have a bunch of young prospects that are, you know, top 10, uh, one top 10 in baseball, uh, a couple of top 100s in baseball. This team's going to be very good for a long time. Uh, I think they'll be the dynasty that the Houston Astros were never able to be. Uh, I could see this team winning at least two, three, maybe even four World Series championships in the next 10 years. Uh, you know, they've shown willingness to spend. I think they'll continue to spend more. Uh, this team is very good. It has a bunch of clutch postseason performers. Otani to the Rangers is kind of what I'm hearing. We'll figure that out. But that's an episode for later. But I think James just mentioned the outfield is stacked. It's Adolis, it's Evan Carter, and Wyatt Langford's on the way, which then begs the question, what do you do with Laody Tavares? The infield is set for the next literal six years until the guys are free agents and Semyon Seager, Lau, and Josh Young. The catcher is Jonah Heim. The rotation is DeGrom, Scherzer, Eovaldi, Dane Dunning, and whoever you want to plug it at the five. Whoever. I know they're five. Yeah. Jack Leiter. Eventually it's Jack Leiter. Kumar Rocker is also there. Andrew Heaney's locked up for another year. This team could not make a single move this offseason. And I think you'd still have to view them as potentially one of the favorites in the American League. 
and I assume the Texas Rangers, based on their MO, are going to make a play for Yamamoto, are going to make a play for, who knows, maybe you trade Tavares and Belly's your center fielder. Just saying, that swing would be pretty cool, reuniting Seager and Bellinger. But let's focus on 2023, because there's a lot of good storylines that happened this year, starting with Bochi, starting with Jacob deGrom getting his ring, Corey Seager winning MVP again, Will Smith somehow has won three straight World Series despite being on three different teams in the Braves, Astros, and Rangers. So, David, I'll come to you first, and you can open the floor. What storyline of the 2023 Rangers is the most compelling slash interesting to you? Um, I think the most compelling is actually the series before, like the, the, battle, the battle of the two Texas teams, because – if the Texas Rangers did not win those four games against the Astros all in Houston, none of that would have happened. And then the biggest game that they had in this series, other than their the first game of the series, which yeah. they came back down five to three to walk off in 11, six to five, mm-hmm. was literally game four. Even though it acted like a blowout at the beginning, they were up 10 nothing at one point. The Diamondbacks made it interesting, but because the Rangers were able to held on for that 11-7 victory, you had to figure it was over after that game four because Texas at that point was still undefeated on the road. Even if they were, were to lose tonight, they had home advantage for the next two games. I so agree. Diamondbacks were done even – after game four, they had to try to walk off that game four and make one of the craziest comebacks of all time. Didn't have enough outs to work with, unfortunately. But shout out to the Texas Rangers for holding on in that game. And they absolutely deserve this World Series win. Despite all the injuries they had to uh, Scherzer in that game, the Grom early on, like they fought through it. I like it. Nico, what storyline from the Rangers is sparking the most interest in you? Really, it's just how they came from their struggles. I think, again, they said it. First question they asked um, Jonah Heim. Last game of the year, they literally descend to almost missing the playoffs in September. There was a very good chance that they weren't even in this dance. And the fact that they came from there, losing that season, losing the AOS from when in June it was like, this team is going to be there. They're going to win the AL West because they just look so dominant. The fact that they went from all the, the fact that it seemed that this team was just going to fall apart and Bruce Bochy, Corey Seager, all those leaders on the team went and brought them from that loss all the way to just absolutely dominating this postseason. Again, dominated the Orioles, had a back and forth with the Astros, were able to squeak it out, and then were able to dominate the D-backs. I think the fact that they were at such a low point where it seemed like everything was falling apart. Again, Scherzer hurt, DeGrom hurt, so many guys injured. It seemed like this wasn't just nothing could go right for them, especially after game 162. And then Bruce Bochy leading the team to be able to go and just dominate this postseason, I think is the storyline of how they had these ups and downs and then they just they figured it out. They figured it out because they have one of the greatest managers of all time. They have the best shortstop in the league and they were just able to go and turn something that seemed like it was the end into a a ring the first ring they've ever had the quote us way back in march actually it was probably more like december and january when we had that faithful episode that i 
was crying that Jacob deGrom left the Texas Rangers. And then I entered the, is it five stages of grief? I think it is five, seven, whatever it is. Um, and one of them, when I entered the denial phase, was I mocked his quote at his press conference when he said, the Rangers did a great job with constant communication and making me feel like they really wanted. The vision was the same. Build something great and win in, win year in and year out. And I think I have the best opportunity at winning in Texas. And I distinctly remember on that episode, I think Potter was on with us too, where we made fun of quote unquote winning in Texas because they were coming off of a horrific season and sure they had dragged Bruce Bochy out of retirement, but I don't think anyone in their right minds entering this year thought that DeGrom leaving the Mets and going to the Rangers was a sign that he wanted to go to a more winning culture and I'll eat my shoe or whatever the phrase is. And Jacob DeGrom proved us all wrong. And he went to the team that literally had the best winning culture. And that was the Rangers. And there's stuff floating around the internet right now about some mask prank that Jacob DeGrom did on Max Scherzer and shows that he was a very important presence of this Rangers team. But it seemed like this team was put together perfectly starting from Chris Young, the Princeton guy, former big leaguer that, knows how to build a winning organization. He got the best manager in history. He got the best pitcher in hit in the game. He got the best shortstop in the game. He got the second best second baseman in the game. And this team is just so fundamentally and soundly built. And you do also have credit to John Daniels. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he was awful as GM. Well, no, he traded for Adolis Garcia. He got Nathaniel Lowe. So there's certainly some pieces here to thank for John Daniels. But This team, I see the vision. Jacob deGrom was right when he said, I see a team that has a winning culture of developing young talent and then buying the superstars. And it's the strategy as a Mets fan, I hope we have. As a Yankee fan, James, I assume you want the same. And Nico, likewise, of that you'd love to see the Red Sox do this. But the Rangers have a young core of Jung, Adolis, and Evan Carter. And then they have their bought core i'll say it in Degrom and seager and Semyon, and they have a top i think 10 payroll in baseball and they also have a top 10 farm system in baseball and that's when everyone says the dodgers are well built the astros are well built welcome to the world where the texas rangers are about to be one of those pillar teams of success nico yeah i think you've said it perfectly this is this team is everything dave dabrowski does in a free agency with Uh everything that an analytics guy does in a farm system. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Again, we are talking about it. There's so many guys that they have coming up. Kumar, Jack Leiter, Evan Carter just got called up. Adolis Garcia is young. They have so many young guys. And I feel like the narrative, especially because they were playing the Diamondbacks, was the homegrown team versus the free agent bot team, but that's just not true. I mean, they have Josh Jung, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, guys who are very important pieces, guys who, if they were on any other team, would be one of the best second, third best player on the team. And I think everything got overshadowed by the fact that Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Nate Evaldi, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, that really just the farm system that they were able to have and that they're able to still have and develop, I think is just a sign to Chris Young. Again, I think Chris Young really did a number with this team because again, like James said, there is a world with how this team is built that they go on a run and they win a lot of world series because it's just so soundly built for the future and built for now. They'll be back. I think 
it's very hard. And if the Rangers turn into a team like the Dodgers, where they're constantly in the playoffs and they never get back to the World Series itself, I think this is still one of those teams that we can almost now pencil in. We'll be seeing the Astros and the Rangers and probably the Orioles occupying three of those six spots from now and for the future in the American League. But we do have a couple others. We're now going to focus our lens a little bit farther out and focus on the 2023 season as a whole and talk about some of the storylines. So we're not going to go a draft like last night, but instead the guy's just going to go around, talk about some of the things that they think 2023 will be remembered as. Um, I'll kick start it off because um, I'll give the guys some time to think and then I'll throw it over to James. But one of the first ones is the retirement ceremonies that are happening. Miguel Cabrera, greatest hitters of our generation, retired. Adam Wainwright, one of the better pitchers in our generation, retired. Shout out to our boy Trevor May, also retired. And I'm sure there's a couple others that will be filtering in over the next couple of weeks. Clayton Kershaw is always in question of whether he's going to come back another year or not. And if he doesn't, we will for sure be doing an episode talking about where does Kershaw rank on the uh, top left-handed pitchers of all time. But shouting out some of the veterans in baseball that are saying peace out to baseball following the 2023 season. James, what you got? Yeah, I think my storyline of the season will be the downfall of the Houston Astros. Uh, we saw them go after Justin Verlander, um, trading away two key farm system pieces uh, to an already depleted farm system uh, to the Mets. Um, I think this might be the last time the, you know uh, we see the Astros really dominate the AL West, uh, and this might be the passing of the torch to the Texas Rangers. Nico, what you got? My best storyline from this year was just the constant tension between the homegrown team and the free agency team. I think that, again, two of the best teams in baseball were the runner-up World Series champions, Diamondbacks, and Baltimore Orioles. Again, two extremely homegrown teams. Orioles, it's guy. Every single prospect they've had seemed to click. And the Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll, ascended to be one of the top outfielders in baseball. And then you had the other side. You had the Mets sucking. Thanks. trying to buy everyone you had the rangers who were the success they went and they did big free agency while having the good farm system that we were talking about and they were able to win it so i think the fact that you had the two ends of the spectrum both be extremely successful this year was my storyline because again that just shows what the future has you have when you have teams that are able to buy and be competitive and teams that are able to be homegrown and be competitive it opens the door for so many more teams to be competitive for the years to come so I, that's that's has to be it for me because I just love the fact that the Orioles and the D-backs were able to have these young guys who just all seem to click like we projected, like I've never seen before. I've never seen so many guys in like the same year have expectations that they met. I think I'll also add on to that because the three big payrolls, the Mets, Yankees, and the Padres, almost the playoffs, disappointing season. You could even throw the Cardinals in there as well. So money does not buy championships, I now know that unfortunately i think the mets training officers are verlander and everyone else is also a pretty big storyline this year as well but david your storyline i think the biggest storyline without a question has to be the entire postseason and especially the surprise teams that made it like the miami marlins the diamondbacks the uh the texas rangers of course making the world series yeah. and winning it all and especially going undefeated on the road just to do it mm-hmm. and of course winning their home games when they got the, sh- the chance the biggest chokes in the postseason out of nowhere so many upsets i mean i don't think you really count the orioles round as an upset because they're they were just too many rookies on the team but uh 
It was a crazy postseason, probably one of the craziest you'll see ever. I like it. A couple other storylines I'll throw out there, and if anyone else wants to jump on these, go for it. The final season of Shohei Otani in Los Angeles, Anaheim at least. I think that's a cool storyline that it was the end of the Trout and Otani era, I think we can call it. I know everyone hates when I bring this up because it was my summer job, but the pitch clock working is a storyline of 2023 and the new rules from the new bases, the pickoffs, the time of game was shaved off. I believe the final statistic is around by 35 to 40 minutes. So that is a storyline that worked. Anyone else have any other storylines they want to shout out there? Um, Other than small market teams, I just want to give a shout out to small market teams. I mean, I know this year, obviously viewership was down. And I think a big part of that is because of the small markets that play in the world series. But again, going back to the thing with like the homegrown, the fact that again, smaller market teams are able to be competitive is something you always like to see. It's, it's a nice feeling when, even though I'm a Red Sox guy who are supposed to be a big market team, it's a, it's always good to see that teams who aren't able to build through just buying everyone being successful because again that just goes back to what i'm saying about the competitiveness of baseball it shows that there's many different ways to be successful i'll also shout out the because i think braves fans would kill us if we didn't do this but uh ronald acuna jr had a pretty cool season i think that deserves a little shout out for pretty his forty seventy. pretty good call it potentially mvp but mookie versus acuna we'll have that debate in two three weeks when that happens but also to going off of that just to give james some some happiness uh garrett cole finally getting i feel like it was a very elusive cy young seems like he's a lot he's going to be a lock <laughs> for cy young but again finally putting the pieces together i feel like we've just kind of been waiting for like the coronation of garrett cole winning his first cy young we've been waiting it for like past ever since he dominated in the postseason with the astros that kind of switched everyone's mind to okay it's not if garrett cole wins a cy young it's when he does, and the fact that the moment's finally here, that he's almost assuredly going to get that Cy Young and cement himself as maybe a Hall of Famer because um, just the dominance he's had ever since that Astros run has just been something to see. Obviously, still can't pitch against the Red Sox, so that's always good for me. But again, Garrett Cole finally getting that Cy Young that he's seemingly been just trying to get for the last six, seven years is, is very good to see. Also say it didn't come to fruition, but for the first half of the season – the Lisa Rise 400 batting average chase was definitely something that people were at least watching for a little bit. The All-Star game in Seattle was kind of cool. We had a perfect game this year. Domingo Herman, shout out. That's something that most people might forget about a couple of seasons from now. But um, a lot of interesting things and moments to happen during the 2023 season. By the way, if I had to tell you guys who led the majors in wins, I bet there's zero chance you guys actually know this one without looking it up. Did I get the fish? Uh, American League East. It was a tie between two AL East pitchers. Um, I'll go with um Wells. Anyone like to guess? Oh, if I, David, if I said you're never gonna guess it. Oh, no, 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 not Wells. Um, oh. is it Bradish? It's neither. It's actually a guy I've learned to love over the last year, and that was Chris Bassett. Led Major League Baseball in really with sixteen yeah, of them, and uh, Zach Eflin. Wait, that can't be right. Taiwan Walker won more than 16 games. Let's let's uh scratch that record from the from the record books. Thanks. ESPN knows baseball. They have Zach Eflin and Chris Bassett listed with 16 wins as their leaders. But I'm gonna call um disagreement on that one. So never mind. Let's scrap that storyline. And with that, that is a great way to symbolize the close of the 2023 season. But of course, we will be back 
Tomorrow's episode, we'll be interviewing ESPN and SNY's Danny Wexelman. Hope you enjoy that one as well as next week. We've got some cool perspectives from Paul Severino. We've got a cool one from Danny Vietti and a couple others in the baseball industry. We will now be transitioning, a, be on the lookout for a new announcement regarding episode frequency and other cool things coming up on the podcast real soon, as well as check out the Instagram, the Twitter, the YouTube, the TikTok, and of course now the LinkedIn at Side Retired Pod for all your latest miscellaneous Side Retired content and memes. Great job by our new social media Massive programmer. On LinkedIn. I know. Oh, on LinkedIn? Uh, well, a lot yeah. on the TikTok. Shout out. I'll give him an episode shout out to our new social media programmer. Finley Walsh is doing a great job there, pumping out two videos a day. He's been an animal. So shout out to Finley. But uh, we will be back tomorrow with our regular scheduled episodes. Congrats again to the Texas Rangers on winning the World Series. Congrats to my boy Jacob DeGrom on winning a World Series. I guess I should congratulate Max Scherzer on winning a World Series. And who knows? Rangers fan might be joining us on the pod real soon. So we'd love to see that instant reaction coming up in the next upcoming days. But for Dylan, James, Nico, and David, until the next time, the side is retired.